0: Hello everyone, this is Paul Steinmetz, I'm the Director of Community Affairs and Public Relations at Western Connecticut State University. And I'm here today with Helen Bouchard, she's the event coordinator at the university. And today we're going to talk about Commencement. Helen is in the unique position of being in charge of Commencement, which is the biggest event we have on campus every year. At least 6,000 people show up. It's a great day of celebration because all these students are graduating and moving on to their next phase of their life. And Helen is going to walk us through it and answer all our questions. Helen, thanks for being here. Thank you, Paul. And I want to start with the uh, first question that I think most people are asking, which is, why the hell do we have commencement in Bridgeport (laughs) instead of here on our campus?
1: Well, there are a a few reasons why, Mm -hmm. and everybody does. That's like the first question they ask. Mm -hmm. Partly, it's a safety issue. Um, Here on our campus, we do not have a venue large enough to hold 6,000 people. The O'Neill Center only holds 3,500. And there's a concern, of course, with weather. Um, Traditionally, we held our commencements outside on the West Side campus, and we were always dodging the weather uh, as far as that goes. And so one year when we held commencement uh, about three years ago, it became clear that it was a safety issue. We knew that we could not move people out of the Space the location, in enough time to get them to safe quarters.
0: We did do uh, some um, planning for that, right? If there was a huge thunderstorm coming, or which would be the main um, problem that we right. saw, right?
1: Right, but I also we had moved commencement to um, the practice field, and when we were standing at the stage area looking out at the people, it was solid mass of people. There were no aisles. There were The roadway leading out from there was totally blocked. Mm-hmm. And um, we realized that it just, it was not gonna be safe for people to do that. So we decided to go to the uh, arena, the Webster Arena at Harbor Yard in Bridgeport. It seats 8,000 people, which is plenty for mm-hmm. our purposes. It's indoors, we don't have to worry about whether it's too hot, too cold. Uh, People were skeptical at first, but that first year, everyone agreed, this was great. Mm -hmm. Because at the arena, they had the big jumbotrons in the the center of the arena. And so the videotaping that was going on by our media services people, they were able to put students up on that screen. So anywhere you sat in the arena, you could see your student crossing the stage 20 feet tall, mm-hmm. and there was no question. You know, you weren't some little Lego person walking down the, the stage uh, far afield from you. So um, not only that, there are concessions. So if you wanted a coffee or you wanted a sandwich or a soda, you could get it. The parking is all level, which we don't have that luxury on our west side campus. Many people would park it stop and shop at the bottom of the hill and then they'd have to walk up that boulevard. And it's it's just, it's not good. And we also didn't have adequate handicap parking, Mm -hmm. which is another issue, because as uh, our student population gets older, their grandparents are millennials who have hip problems and all the rest of that. So you're, to be ADA compliant, you have to increase the number of spots you have. And so at the arena in Bridgeport, all of the parking is either level or in the parking garage where there are elevators. And so it's so convenient. I was also very concerned about uh, exiting the -hmm. event Mm -hmm. because on our campus when commencement would be over, as many students and people know, our campus only has one way in and one way out. And so sometimes I would always be the last to leave just because that, just the way I am. I wanna make sure everybody's gone, everybody's safe, and everyone's cleared the arena and the the parking lots. And the ceremony would end at 12.15, and I rarely got off the campus before two Mm o'clock, just because of the traffic issues. The First year we were at Harbor Yard, the ceremony ended at 12.15, and by quarter to one, I was on the road back to Danbury. And the Bridgeport police do a phenomenal job of keeping the traffic moving and clearing the roadway. So there isn't that stuck in traffic that you would have here on our campus because of the um, only only exit from the campus. So that was part of the reason. That's I know that's a long answer, but um, you have to trust me when I say it's so much better. It's I do just trust so you. much better.
0: I've been there a couple of times and it's worked much better. You still should get there, uh, leave home early, right? You should do
1: that. There is a, there's a traffic build up there. When you're trying to get six or 7,000 people in or out of any venue, there's always going to be traffic. And that's just the nature of, of the way it goes. So coming in, there is a lot of traffic. The ceremony starts at 10.30. We ask the students to be there at 9.30 so that we can get them lined up and ready to process into the hall. Um, and we ask family if they're uh, coming down, they should plan on 930 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, and from when I get there, <laughs> which is way before everybody else at 7 o'clock in the morning, um, it only takes me 45 minutes from the Midtown campus to get there. But I know as time goes on, traffic builds up on Route 25 as you're going down, and also um, the people coming off are on 95, which you don't have to get on if you're coming from the Danbury area, but mm-hmm. those students who live in Guilford or East Haven or whatever, they get on They get on 95, and that can start to build up, as we know. Mm-hmm. But on Sunday, it's a lot better than on, let's say, Friday. Southern does their ceremonies on Friday, and there is traffic. Mm-hmm. And so uh, you just have to be cognizant of that, that there is going to be traffic. You have to have patience um, and understand that the ceremony itself is just, it's one of the happy ceremonies on campus, and everyone is thrilled to be there because it's the culmination of a career and it, with our university and family are all happy and the students are all happy, and it's, it's just a great time. So I encourage people to come to the ceremony. Um, the one thing we had to do for the ceremony in Bridgeport was to give tickets. And this is because of the fire marshal. Mm the Bridgeport Arena needs to make sure that we are not exceeding the capacity of the hall. And so we give out tickets. Every student is given six tickets, and that uh, usually suffices. There are some students who require more, and so we um, we give the tickets out on Wednesday, May 3rd at the Grad Salute when they pick up their academic regalia, their caps and gowns. That's from three to seven on May third at the O'Neill Center Arena, and uh, each student is given six tickets at that time. If they require more, they can go beginning the next morning at nine a.m. They can go to the information booth in the West Side Campus Center, and they will give you another six if you request it. And so you have the possibility of having 12 tickets, which should hopefully work for every student. Um, there are some exceptions, but for the most part, that that works very well for them.
0: Mm-hmm. And uh, every year you have a couple of students who run up in a panic or in tears at commencement, just before it's about to process into the hall. And because they don't have a tassel or a cap or a gown or something like that, right?
1: That's true. The Alumni Association, who provide the caps and gowns as a fundraiser for the association, they come prepared to the commencement ceremony and they set up a table. And if a student has lost a tassel or they didn't pick up their academic regalia or they're dog-aided, or whatever. There, whatever is the problem. The alumni association has staff there that help you with any missing pieces you might have. Mm-hmm. And um, so, you, it's it, students get upset, but that's okay.
0: You will get a lecture, right? But then you'll get your. Uh-huh.
1: <laughs> I don't give them a lecture, but somebody may give them a little (laughs) bit of a lecture. Um, And also, uh, sometimes students come when they come for their cap and gown pickup on May 3rd. In that envelope is also their reader card, which is the card they hand to, uh, we have two individuals uh, who read student names as they uh, get ready to process across the stage. And when you come for your cap and gown pickup, in that envelope is a card with your name on it that you give to the reader. And you give that card and they call your name, Helen Bouchard or Paul Steinmetz, Mm -hmm. whatever. And sometimes students lose that card. Mm -hmm. Although we try to say to them that it's their ticket and they have to stick to their ticket, to quote a character from the Harry Potter series. So uh, sometimes students, they lose it or forever, whatever happens, and we have extra tickets available, extra reader cards available there for them so that they can come in and give their name and a card will be given given to them so that they need not worry about that. Students don't need tickets to get into the arena. Their cap and gown is their ticket, so they don't need to worry about that. So the six tickets they get is for family and friends. Um, I'm trying to think of what what else is important to know about that day.
0: I read every uh, Harry Potter book, and I don't recall that uh, phrase. You don't seven. recall that?
1: Oh, well, that was Hagrid. Hagrid said it to Harry when he was getting on his stick to your ticket, Harry. It's very important. Oh, yeah. And the ticket was, you know, track Mm -hmm. nine and three quarters. (laughs) And so um, we say that to the students and they get it because they were all Harry Potter readers when, or hopefully they were all Harry Potter readers when they were younger. Um, And so students... um, because it's a nerve-wracking day, an exciting day for them, we try and be as calm as possible on that day when they come up. And indeed, in the weeks leading up to commencement.
0: Mm-hmm. So we... Uh, put uh, students from the Ansell School, we group them with the Ansell School, we group arts and sciences with their school so that, partly so that they know where to go, but also so that their friends and relatives in the stands know when to look for them, right? Yes.
1: It, in that envelope that they pick up on uh, May 3rd, there's also a diagram of the arena, of the Webster Arena. So it shows on that diagram where the schools are sitting, so their parents know and family know which side of the arena to sit on so they'll be closer to their students. Mm-hmm. But as I said earlier, that jumbotron with the 20 foot tall, that parents can take these great pictures and have taken these great pictures mm-hmm. from the jumbotrons because it's just such a neat effect um, for the ceremony.
0: Mm-hmm. And it's a great sound system, so you can hear your student's name mm-hmm. being called. The, um, uh, we ask students to stay in their seats until the ceremony is over isn't that right
1: Yes we do do that out of courtesy to their fellow students you know you if you're fortunate enough to be let's say in the Ansel school and your last name is Abraham mm-hmm. you're going to be called earlier than the student in visual and performing arts whose last name is Adams mm-hmm. so out of courtesy for them they they watched you walk across the stage and it's just courtesy to stay and watch other students walk across the stage and as i said the you know people have said oh i'm worried about traffic well, you're never in traffic in bridgeport for more than 20 minutes mm-hmm. i mean i left half an hour after the ceremony was over and there was no traffic there was i i drove right out onto the the main street south main street and there wasn't anybody else around so the bridgeport pd really have They've been practicing. They've been doing this a long time. So um, it's good and it's nice. And just think about other students who would like to have an audience to cheer them on when they cross the stage. Mm -hmm.
0: Plus we have tasers at the exits this year.
1: (laughs) Really? I didn't know that. You you
0: and I each get one. Oh,
1: we get one? Oh, okay. I may be a little busy for that. You might be on your own, Paul.
0: (laughs) But really, it's good for families to schedule their celebratory parties for, say, 3 o'clock or something, not 12.30 or 1 o'clock.
1: Correct. Um, I even say uh, 2. But I used to say that when we were on the West Side campus, Mm -hmm. when family members would call and say, well, we've got the whole family here and we want to have a picnic or we're going to ex-restaurant, I want to reserve spaces, I would always tell them, never before 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. And that's when we were here in Danbury. Right. So the same thing follows. If you're in Bridgeport and everybody's going back home to your home or a restaurant local to your home, it's still 2 o'clock. Mm-hmm. That really hasn't changed.
0: Right. That makes sense, right? It calms everybody down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And we used to have our ceremonies on Mother's Day, which was... Hmm doubly troubling for some people, but uh, fortunately we're on the May 21st, which is the third Wednesday in May. Mm -hmm. And um, so we don't run into any kind of competition with any other celebrations, Mm -hmm. so that's kind of good.
0: So one thing I enjoyed when we had the celebration on the West Side Campus here in Danbury was that all the staff got lunch while well, the traffic was all flowing out of the campus, the staff got lunch. Mm-hmm. And I noticed that in Bridgeport, we don't do that anymore. Mm-hmm. Sometimes we had alcohol too.
1: Are you missing that? Yeah. Hey, you're missing Can we that. do that this year? I, I probably could do that this year. I just hadn't thought about it, um, but I could do that. And I do know that um, the university has a social committee mm. and they, were t- they approached me and asked if there was a space where they could do this. Uh, some kind of social event for staff and faculty after the event. Now, of course, all the students are going to want a social event at right. RPR as well. Um, but but anyway, that is possible. There is a, a sort of a restaurant um, area up in the up where the boxes are, mm-hmm. the uh, private boxes are in the arena, and there's an area up there where we could do that.
0: Cool. Uh, the, um, how did you get this job of running the uh, commencement?
1: Oh, Did you ask for it? Of course I did. <laughs> Everybody wants to run a commencement ceremony. <laughs> and when I've, uh, I've been doing this, this will be my 24th commencement. Mm. And um, when I first started at the university, I was just an interim. And my background, I had been the um, director of the Ives Concert Park. And when I was there, we always had a Fourth of July concert where there were 5,000 people and mm-hmm. fireworks and concessions and all the rest of that. So I was used to running a large event. And when my predecessor um, retired, they I was working here as a um, university assistant, and so the president um, heard that I had done this at the Ives Concert Park, these large events, and and he contacted me and talked to me. And we talked through the process, and he asked me if I thought I could do this. And Mm. I said, sure. And so I did it as, um, I was temporarily appointed as the director of communications. Mm. So I handled not only commencement, but also what you do now, public relations, uh, press releases and things like that. And uh, it went very well. And uh, there were no hiccups. Everyone walked across the stage. My background is in theater. And so to me, Commencement is just a play with no rehearsal and a cast of thousands. Mm -hmm. Uh, There are costumes. There are props. There's a script. There's a stage. And you have to figure out how to get people on and off the stage. So it flowed fairly naturally for me from my background, from what I was... uh, trained for as a student and also in my previous job at the Ives Concert Park. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. So to me, it was, you know, when the president said, can you do this, I <laughs> I said, sure,
0: <laughs> I can do this. <laughs> so if you retire, they should not ask me to do it, even though we have the same titles. Uh, uh, mm-hmm.
1: I think it requires, there's an organizational skills that are required to it. Mm-hmm. And I, as I say, I think my... Um, And and when I first started, there really wasn't many places where you could go and get an event management degree. Mm -hmm. You can do that now. Um, And even a theater management degree, which we have started to do here at the university. And I know that at Southern, um, the gentleman who had the same position as I did, when he went to retire the... President of Southern at the time, Micah Dante, would not let him retire. (laughs) He had to come back in January part-time to make sure that commencement would run properly. (laughs) Um, And and in that process, he was training people to to do the job. Mm -hmm. Um, But it does require that kind of overall management and vision to be able to see what pieces need to move where and how to do that. Mm. Um, It's occurred to me that I really need to write this stuff down because it's in my brain. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's not fair to whoever follows me. They should see what my process is. And I have started to write some of that down. And and I always said that I'd do 25 of them. So this is 24. Uh (laughs) (laughs) So watch out. No, we'll I, call it
0: 25, 24,
1: 23 and a half. 23 and a half. Oh, okay. Anyway, so um, that's my background. That's where I came from to do this. Mm-hmm. And um, over the years, it's evolved. I've made modifications. People make suggestions. I listen to them. I'm not stuck in stone that I can't say, oh, yeah, that's a good idea. Why don't we do that? Mm-hmm. Um, so it, it's fun, and it's fun. You know, it's never been boring. I have to say... 24 years has gone by in what seems like a minute. Mm. Um, and every year I get to January and go, here we go again. <laughs> but it's, it is, I, I really enjoy it. I enjoy the people I work with, the volunteers who um, work with me on this event, who are happy to be there because they've got students who are graduating and they wanna see them mm-hmm. um, for one last time. And so it's, uh, it's, it's just a good day, it's mm-hmm. a really good day.
0: Is your sister coming, volunteering? Yes, my sister is coming.
1: Yes, I've already talked to her about that. And I have some retirees. um, uh, Lisa Peck, who's retiring from the university, has always helped, Mm -hmm. and she retires, retired. And so she, when she was retiring, we were talking on the phone and I was congratulating, she said, but I'll be back for commencement. I said, great. (laughs) I love that.
0: (laughs) So if there's parents listening now, and we wanted to give them a little list of what they need to ask their students about commencement to, to prepare, we should remind them that the student has to be at Grad Salute on May 3rd, right? Correct. On the west side campus at the O'Neill Center. In the O'Neill
1: Center between three and seven.
0: Hmm.
1: Part of the reason we chose those hours all those years ago because it allowed students who had a night job mm-hmm. to get there between three and four so they could be at their job. And for those who work during the day, if we're there till seven, they um, have time after work to run by and get their cap and gown. They can also have a friend or a family member pick up their academic regalia for them. There was one year a few years ago where there was a, a quite tragic accident on Mill Plain Road, mm. and tra- traffic was just blocked beyond belief. We stayed open. Mm-hmm. We heard about it and we just said, "Well, we'll stay here," you know, because kids were calling frantically, going, "I have to get my cap and gown," and so we. St- we stayed there until they were able to come and get their caps and gowns.
0: We're very considerate here.
1: And accommodating. You know, mm-hmm. we, we want their, their last memories to be good memories. Right.
0: And so they'll get six tickets in their envelope there. If they need more, they'll go to the...
1: Um, the West Side Campus Center Information Desk mm-hmm. at, after 9 o'clock the day after, and there will be extra tickets there. Will
0: they will have to cry and beg, or can they just ask for them?
1: No, they don't have to cry and beg. They can just ask for them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, and if uh, someone did not, for whatever reason, could not pick up their academic regalia on that Wednesday, the envelopes that go with the academic regalia will go with the regalia back to the alumni office in Old Main on the third floor. Hmm. And students can go in and uh, pick up their academic regalia if they, you know, they're train was late, or they got stuck in traffic, or there was an accident, or whatever, and they can get their regalia any time nec- after the next day. And in their regalia will be an envelope that has their tickets in it, hmm. and all the information that they need. Good,
0: that's my office too, they can come say hello to me. Yeah. And so commencement is May 21st, a Sunday. It's the week Sunday after Mother's Day, right? Correct. We want them all to be there at 9.30.
1: Yes, if they can.
0: And when they have a question, they'll seek out you, and you'll be identifiable how?
1: I wear a big hat, Mm -hmm. um, and that's just so that people can find me. In a sea of black regalia caps and gowns, I have this big straw hat that I wear, and it makes it easy to find me. Mm -hmm. Um, When we used to be here on our campus and everyone would line up in the O'Neill Center, if anyone had a question of any kind for any reason, everyone who was volunteering was instructed to say go see the lady in the hat and it was easy to find because it's it's quite a big kind of scarlet o'hara gone with the wind opening sequence kind of straw hat it's a big straw hat
0: so if anybody's listening and you were planning to wear a hat like that don't do it mm-hmm. at commencement because people will come up to you and ask you annoying questions <laughs>
1: that's right that you don't have the answer to. that's right
0: <laughs> only helen has the answers uh,
1: i will yes Just ask Helen.
0: (laughs) So I think we've covered everything, haven't we?
1: I think we have. Um, That's about it. I can't think of anything else. We covered parking, we covered traffic, tickets, diagrams of the arena, so family know where to find you. And uh, students, when they come to the arena, students line up, I I know it's not very glamorous, but they line up in the garage, the Mm -hmm. parking garage, which is contiguous to the arena. Mm -hmm. And um, we line them up by school, alphabetical order by school, by degree within the school. And each student in their packet, that reader card that I was talking about before, they're color-coded. So if you have a blue card, you should be standing with students who have a blue card. Mm -hmm. If you're standing with people who have yellow cards, then you're in the wrong line. Um, So, and I did that a number of years ago because I was trying to figure out how to line them up without having to yell or you know have a bullhorn or anything like that so it was very easy you've got your card your reader card it's color coded it has your name your school name and your degree on it so um, that information should all be correct we get it from the registrar's office and um, you just line up with the students in your school with the same color card and you should be all set i also number the cards so students if they instead of trying to figure out alphabetical order, if they just, up in the upper right-hand corner, there's a number, and you're number 47, you should be standing behind someone who's in the 30s or 40. Mm-hmm. You should be standing beside, behind 46 and before 52. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a way to keep you in alphabetical order. And what's important about that is that when parents are there, and you're looking at the booklet, parents are looking at the booklet, and they know you're getting a BBA from the Ansel School. And if the students are in alphabetical order, they have an idea of when you're going to cross the stage so they can be prepared with their camera and get ready to yell out your name as your name is called. Um, so it, it is important to be in alphabetical order because you wanna make sure that your family will be able to see you and hear your name called. And so that's, Part of the reason why we do it that way is Mm -hmm. um, I know that some other schools don't necessarily do that. You just get handed a piece sheet of paper with your name on it that you hand to the reader, and uh, Josie Abraham could be called, and then the next one could be Paul Steinmetz, Mm -hmm. and so it's family don't know, you know, and that. It kind of gives family an idea of when they can zip out for a cup of coffee. Mm-hmm. You know?
0: So we make it very simple for you, and just remember not to sit with your boyfriend or girlfriend in some other school. Yeah. And if you don't know what school you're in, go ask Helen Bouchard.
1: That's right. You They or um, are also given program booklets. We mm-hmm. put them on the seats, but hopefully. If you're graduating from the university, you do know what your degree is and you do know what school you're they in. They all do. They all
0: do. So and all this information is online too, right? Yes,
1: it is. Yes, so it is it's on the commencement free. webpage.
0: So, if you don't want to replay this podcast, you can just go to the uh, website and remind yourself.
1: Hey, hey, Paul, they may want to replay this podcast. I, would. I I'm mean, going you know, to. we're ju- you know, We're just so fascinating, they're going to want to listen to it again and again.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, they can definitely listen to it next year about this time. That's right. (laughs) So I think we're about ready to wrap up. I'd like to thank Scott Volpe and Pete Puccio, who are the technical geniuses behind the podcast, this worldwide broadcast of this vital information. And thank you, Helen, for joining us today.
1: Thank you, Paul. It's my pleasure.
0: Make sure that when you're looking for podcasts from Western Connecticut State University, you search on iTunes or SoundCloud, look for WCSU Media, and it will be right there. Do it often.